Hola, bienvenidos a otro episodio del podcast de Fútbol Champagne. Estamos aquí para hablar del juego bonito, de las habilidades de Champagne en el campo y de los goles. <laughs> Welcome to the La Liga podcast. Champagne soccer, you know, no Premier League, we had to switch it up. We bilingual now. I guess y'all didn't know that. What's going on, everybody? Anthony, salute on that intro, man. That was real smooth. Man, thanks, man. You know, 175-day streak on Duolingo. Shout out to Streak Freezes. Wow. I can't get past a week. (laughs) (laughs) Sound like me, Marcus. I couldn't either. Hey, man, I'm just trying. Oh, man, what's good, y'all? I mean, you know, no Premier League football this weekend because Queen Elizabeth II died. So Bill Perry. So, yeah, no Premier League action. So, you know, we were supposed to expand our horizons, you know, check out what's going on abroad in Europe. And, hey, what did y'all find out this weekend with no Premier League action? Ephraim, how did you attack the weekend? I watched a little bit of that Napoli uh, Napoli game. Um, I see it ended 1-0. I, I ended up turning it off, and, and I got distracted. So, uh, But I see they won 1-0. Um, I'm watching a little bit of that. Um, I caught a little bit of that uh, Real Madrid game as well. Um, my man Federico uh, Valverde hit a hit a, a nice little goal that I'm going to talk about later. But, uh, but yeah. That's kind of where I spent mine. All right. Now, uh, Marcus, how about you? How did you celebrate this uh, weekend with no Liverpool football? You know, I know you were excited for that break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get into that later. But uh, this week, I I was having my passport. You know, I was all out there in Barcelona. I was all out there in Bayern. I was all a lot there, you know, Dortmund, you know, I, I, I was watching a couple of games uh, this week. Uh, I think we were going to detail a little bit later also, but uh, the league got a lot of sloppy play, but it's tight. Like, I ain't going to lie. Like, the, it's a Pep Guardiola interview. It's kind of X, uh, where he was like, they play very tight. It's very, very physical, but it's fast. And it's like they all the players were technical uh, as opposed to Serie A where it was more technical play, it would look a little bit sloppy at times, but people couldn't finish this week that I feel like it was a lot of one one zero wins. And um, also I'll say, um, what other league was it? Oh, the Bundesliga. <laughs> Got Bayern Munich up there preparing for the Champions League and looking mid and, and you know what I mean? So they're getting draws out here. So that's what. Uh, true, true. Now, I guess uh, before we get deeper into the club action that did happen, we can talk about the big news in England soccer-wise outside of, you know, that royal death. Um, Thomas Tuchel got slid, you know, after they lost to Dynamo Zagreb 1-0 in the Champions League. Chelsea's been struggling on form, currently in the Premier League table, even though, like I always say, the table don't mean anything until January, but two, a lot of these businesses, it does. So after six matches and Chelsea is sixth place, three points out of fourth place, <laughs> they decided to fire Tuchel. Now, 
how did you guys feel about the decision? Was it too early or it had to be made? Shout out to Anthony for calling this one. He called this one quick. So uh, yeah, Anthony, I hope you feel I better. Know, I but little, yeah, Anthony's a little under weather, little, so he did the intro, <laughs> so he had to stab out. But he was right. He said Tuka was gonna get slid. I didn't think it was gonna be this fast. Yeah, I'm with you, Dan. I just think it was really quickly quick. I mean, um, I'm I'm I'm. Really feeling for Grand Potter in a way. I, ho I hope he does well in a, in a sense, but you know, not too well. But uh, he, I feel bad for him in a way because uh, of the timing of this. You know, right before the World Cup, I think that's an odd time to, to fire somebody like Tuchel. But you know, we were questioning him all up uh, in the previous podcast, and we talked about how we didn't really know what they were doing. You know, I think Claytus even touched on that a little bit too. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm. Well, you know, I would say this about Thomas. I was really confused with his moves this year. I was confused with the tactics, uh, the transfers I was confused with. Because, like I said, playing, he wanted, it looked like to me, he wanted to uh, get a lot of crosses into the uh, strikers. You had one of the best strikers in Lukaku. You got rid of him. And it seemed like management had problems with him. Yeah, you got a new owner, but still. You got to learn from that, and you, know, you can't sit there and get yourself sacked. Uh, did you see a statement? Nah, I missed that one. Or who, Tuchel or the owner, Todd Bowley? Uh, Tuchel's, his statement, he released one on Sunday. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that one. That's, yeah. It's, it's kind of hilarious to me that you're bragging about a club World Cup, bro. Like, I that's mean, not... hey, yeah. Come on, bro. You know. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's what it's about. They want to yeah. win every competition you win. The you Club World Cup league. does matter. And, you know, I'm sure you've seen this too, Marcus. When you compare Thomas Tuchel to Klopp, the difference is one has a Premier League, one doesn't. But one guy also did have six, seven years to coach while Tuchel was gone after two years, basically. So, I mean, it's not like, his trophy cabinet isn't too crazy. I mean, he deserved, I feel like he kind of deserved more time because it is weird that uh, they basically spend a, not basically, they did spend a record fee in transfers, Premier League history. No team has ever spent as much, over $270 million, over 300 million pounds, you know? So, but when, the firing happened, that's when reports came out that Tuchel wanted Matthias Delict. Todd Bowley was trying to work a swap deal for Warner. While that was going on, Bayern agreed to personal terms with Delict, and then he decided to go there. Tuchel was very upset with that. He didn't want Grandpa Koulibaly. He wanted Delict and Kunde. Obviously, that didn't work out. He had to settle for Koulibaly and Fofana. They say Bowley wanted Cristiano Ronaldo. Tuchel didn't. Tuchel said, I wanted Lukaku to stay, but Lukaku wanted to run away and go on loan. So that could explain why they were looking so sketchy in the transfer window. You could tell that when they were going for guys like Anthony Gordon, that's you could tell that's probably Todd Bowley saying, hey, we should get some wonder kids. Some young guys we can sign for six, seven years and then try to flip them later. But 
it didn't work out. A grand potter seems like he's more willing to adapt to what they want the board, Ty Boley, because, you know, this is his first time coaching a quote unquote big club. So he's not going to have the same power as someone like Tuchel did where I won the Champions League and you're a new owner so I can impose myself. Grand Potter hasn't won anything in England as a coach. So he will be willing to listen to the board. And it is going to be interesting to see the style because it is very similar formation wise, but the interpretation will be different, of course, because Grand Potter is more of about attacking positively. So, and Tuchel's more about patient buildup, but they said Grand Potter did talk about possession. So we'll see how that works out. But uh, do y'all think that he'll have any issues or do you guys think the extra time to prepare the team will help them because they do play in the Champions League tomorrow? I was going to say, yeah, I, I think maybe he could because, you know, it, I worry, and maybe I'm creating a problem before it exists, but I worry that, you know, he may fall into the same trap, you know, an owner meddling. And we've seen how that happens in certain Premier League clubs. And, you know, you'll have a, a manager that will acquiesce to, to whatever the, the owners and the board says. And, you know, it could be successful. At the same time, it could eat a squad up. I mean, I look at Manchester United, and that's that's the problem, I think, there sometimes with the philosophies and, you know, the clashes of ideas. And sometimes, like you said, we saw this uh, going out throughout the summer. And uh, maybe he won't, though, because he's going to be a yes man a little bit for a little while, I think. So, I don't know. Yeah. Interesting question. I was going to ask you. I would say looking at this uh, interview from what Todd Bowles did, when he talked about this All-Star game, um, he kind of went the American route. Um, he said that he um, he had re- Respect for Tuco, but just like kind of how American owners usually do when they buy into something, uh, they kind of want to bring their own people on. He said that he wanted to search for a coach that would look to collaborate with him and his team on understanding the business and understanding how to make Chelsea successful. So I think he kind of already had it out for Tuco. Like he was going, he was going to get him out of the way regardless. Um, in that aspect. And I would say with Potter, I do think that extra week should help him because him linking up with like Cucurella or somebody else that's on the squad that he probably wanted, like Reese James or something like that, it might help him um, like build up that relationship or like explain his his to to those players. But time will tell. I mean, who do they have tomorrow? Dan? Uh, Let me double check. We're recording on a Tuesday and the episode will be out on the 14th Wednesday. They play Salzburg. Yeah, Red Bull Salzburg. They're leaky. At, at home, yeah. This They're is leaky. Good, yeah, this is a good way for them to ch- to test that, I think. Mm-hmm. So to your yeah. point, Marcus, they may, they may, this may be good for them. You know, this might be a good test for them. Yeah, I mean, Leipzig, I said Leipzig wrong, Red Bull. Salzburg, they have Benjamin Sesko, who is a young striker that a lot of teams were trying to sign this summer, including Chelsea. So they have some attacking weapons. You know, Salzburg, they always got a couple wonder kids that can try to challenge. So 
they should win that game pretty comfortably, but you know, anything is possible. I thought they would beat Dynamo Zagreb, but <laughs> that didn't happen. So I think uh, Grand Potter will be okay because in this modern format, we're seeing that teams are going away from managers. 99% of the coaches in Europe now are now considered head coaches and not managers. The board and the ownership wants more power in putting the team together because the commercial aspect in soccer continues to grow, especially when you get American owners trying to bring up exhibitions. But we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But I think, I think he will be okay. But hey, I also thought David Moyes would be okay. And that didn't work out. So I hope I'm wrong once again. <laughs> uh, man, but uh, speaking of Champions League, uh, Marcus, today you saw your team win 2-1 against Ajax. I tried to tell you about my brother, man, Mohamed Kudus. I told you he's the one. Right, he, he did is. his thing. He <laughs> the young boy has to learn how to not have that many handballs. But yeah, yeah, he was he was scratching he was scratching Matu. Yeah, and the crazy thing is too, growing up, his nickname was Alcantara because his favorite player was Tiago. He played more as a number eight. Then oh, as he's crazy. and as he's gotten you know higher and higher up the club ladder, teams have realized, hey, you have the quality to do numbers in the final third. So. Before the season, the IX coach said, yeah, we're training him to either be long-term a number nine or a number seven, you know, a right winger. So he is number nine is not his natural position, but he's been scoring. He scored in each of the last four games. The goal he scored today was a banger. But yeah, you're right. He still has issues with the handballs, making the right runs because he's not a number nine. But I did like what I saw from him. And the IX midfield, uh, they got to switch it up. Kenneth Taylor, come on, my man. I don't know. I know he be running hard, but they don't have no creativity from deep. And this is one thing that I noticed with IX. Because they like small center backs, they like to play them in midfield as well. And that little homie Alvarez, the center back, yeah, he was getting... <laughs> Bro, he was, he was playing getting... so far back. <laughs> I thought he was a center back for, for the second yeah. half. I mean, he is technically a center back, but they were playing him in defensive midfield. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> man. And, but I say on my side, I, I welcome back the Metrodome, Mister Alcantara. Yeah. Appreciate you. Okay, kept up the tempo of the game. Shoot, I, we had an amazing pass from Van Dyke. Um, what was that? Dang on Salah tried to try to actually do new moves, like he was practicing. Uh, I mean, we looked at we looked at right uh, defensively again. We looked trash uh, at times. We still got Trent playing so far up that he don't track back. The goal came off of him not tracking back, and then they abuse that side. I think that's a, like a tactic everybody gonna go at now. Like he doesn't run back. Like he be in the midfield looking back. Like what am I supposed to do? Semi cast, semi cast play. I don't know what's up with. Ron. Robinson, I think I think that's part of that. Like what we always say about uh, Pep, he burnout mm -hmm. players. Mm. Robinson might be one of those. Hendo mm. is 
one of those. You know what I mean? If some of those people start showing signs, okay? Yeah. You, gotta, you might got to get the refresher. Semi-cast looks solid, Elliot. Me, and I would say I appreciate Jata in the middle. Just like Jurgen said before the game, he's a perfect mix of Nunez and Firmino. He can link up that play. He can press that ball. And for his size, he's amazing on the headers. So, like how you said earlier, Ajax out there with the midgets at center back. You know what I mean? <laughs> we just putting the ball up, yeah. getting chances off. Hey, Marcus. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, Dan, real quick. No, nah, go ahead, Ephraim. Yeah, if you don't mind me asking, I, I, we talked about a little bit off before we came on. Like, what's your feelings and thoughts on uh, Nunez so far? He he. Right now, he's not worth the money. I would say, and the reason I'm saying that is – uh. Yeah, I know Liverpool fans going to hate me for that. But <laughs> right now, he's not up to par with his passing. Like, and then also with his finishing, it's not consistent. Mm-hmm. Like, he had an open chance in the front of the goal, and it went wide, and then he started trying to hype up the crowd. Like, mm-hmm. what? That's not that's not how that works. Hey, that may be weak. I just... <laughs> ah, had me sick. Looking at the man hyping up the crowd like you scored the goal, like you scored the winning goal. Come on, bro. Uh, man, yeah, that was nasty, bro. I mean, <laughs> Nunez, that's the, the tricky thing about the transfer window. You sign a player after one great season, we don't know if that's an anomaly or if that's who you are. Now, he is age, what, 22 or he's 23 now. Last year was the best year of his career at Benfica in the league. He had 24 or 26 goals and four assists in 28 matches. The year before that, in 29 matches, 19 starts, he had six goals and nine assists. Now, at that time, that's when he was playing more on the left. And last season, he still does play on the left a little bit, but he played more as a striker. So... That's why it's always, I'm always hesitant on trying to buy a player after one great season. As an Arsenal fan, we got burned by Nicolas Pepe for that one great season. Record fee, not that good. So, What happened to that boy? Yeah, he's on loan right now, back at Nice. He could have went to Leicester, but he said, I'm tired of England, get me out of here. Hey, Hey, Marcus, another question real quick about your front three. I don't watch Liverpool as much, but do you guys switch up the front three? I know Salah pretty much stays solid on that left, that right-hand side, but do you guys like do a lot of switching up with the front three, though? Uh, you, and you, would you think that would benefit somebody like, like Nunez, maybe? If so, y'all originally when Jurgen came, that was that was actually part of the way how we used to mix people. Okay. Uh, we used to, all, all three used to swap. It used to, it had to slow down when Firmino started getting like hamstring injuries. His you know that speed started lacking. But then when Jota came, we were doing it then. And then uh, what was that? So that was when Mane kind of started playing striker a little bit more. But it was always fluid that way. Recently with these guys today, actually we did do it again because it was points with new uh, with Diaz. Uh, he was in the middle. And then uh, Jota was on the left. And then, you know, at the end of the game, Salah was in the middle. So it's going back to that. But I don't know if that would work for Nunez. Honestly, he needs to get 
uh, on page with Trent and Andy. Like those guys probably need to help him a little bit more. Like finding the spots that they can they can hit with him for those uh, headers, and he got to he got to be on point with that because his with his foot he's trash. His with his head he's a little bit more consistent. I say it like that. Ooh, appreciate that. For sure. Now let's talk about the other big match today in the Champions League. Barcelona nil, Bayern Munich two. Robert Lewandowski returning to Bavaria and shooting blanks. Did I know Marcus? You were watching your team play, so did you get the chance to see uh, some of the match or highlights? If you have any thoughts on it, I, my I, well, I didn't see the whole match. Uh, I did see the highlights, and I, I do got a couple questions. Like, uh, is is Mane not the answer for uh, Bayern? Like, it's kind of weird. I know this is, like, not important about the main storyline of the game, but, like, I'd be kind of confused looking at Byron because it was like, why is Mane not playing, like, central striker? Like, he'd be swapping on the outside a little bit. Uh, like, I don't know. It's weird. Um, But, yeah, I was confused. <laughs> I, I, I got an answer I was for confused. you. I got an answer for you, but go ahead, man, because I think it's – I think it will break down why he's struggling. <laughs> I'm not even gonna touch it. I'm gonna let you go in on that. I'm gonna go ahead, go back, go ahead, go to Bayern. Um, I'm confused with their lineup also sometimes. Um, like Rafinha, he's he's wishy washy, but the day he looked like he was on a little yeah. bit, it did. Uh, but again, his finishing not a one. Um, I don't know why you play Frank Kessie, like because I didn't even see him like in the league game. It's a lot of questions with them, like. They, I don't hey, think they man. have the par talent wise. And Dembele, he was he only good when uh when I be uh, what what is it uh oh boy at Chelsea was there, like that's what I, oh, I want to nah, know because he, he lost his sauce again. Oh, he's been balling this season. He's been playing well. Like in the last couple, I think in the last couple games he's had like one goal and four assists he's oh, been okay, okay. he's been going crazy he's got people like martin braithwaite saying that yeah messi is cool but osman dembele different and then they asked serge nabry what do you think uh mbappe or dembele he said dembele dembele still has people tweaking bro mm-hmm. i would say sonny is a sicko this shit though he, he he actually looked like he on form because whenever i watch burn he actually is the one that's like Making them lively, um, so I, I, I'm that's uh, actually a guy I'll be watching a lot. Uh, Mitch, I don't know his position because he be playing far <laughs> back. But like how y'all said though, Lou, uh, Mister Louie, I don't know if, if it was pressure, but like I don't, I, I, I would have thought like he would have got a goal today. That would have made it a little bit more hotter. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Plus, they was playing in uh, uh, Bavaria as well. And back yeah. to Kimmich real quick. My man is very versatile. He plays uh, midfield and defense. So um, he's he's yeah he's, he's like uh, what's his name? Uh, my man from Bayern uh, from back in the day. Not back in the day. Back in the day. But what's my man's name? Uh, hey, 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 hey! Please, what? Don't get blasphemous. Well, I'm, I'm not saying he's that say. good. I'm just saying he he's versatile like him. Is what I'm saying. Not no hell no. He's not as good as who am I thinking of, Dan? Come on. Can't even say his name because it's blasphemous. What? <laughs> I can't say it. You know what I'm talking about, right? Because Kimmich, Kimmich is 
Kimmich is a very good player, but he was playing at right back because they needed a placeholder. He is not really a right back. He gets no. blended when he's there. Yeah, oh, now, now Philip Lam, now Philip Lam will Lam. shut you there down at right back. He'll shut you down at left back, and then he'll shut you down at midfield and create. And he can make run. Hey, oh yeah, to me, he's one of the yeah. best football players I've ever seen in my life. That's he's, why I was like, hey, yeah, yeah, he's ridiculous. No that's my boy. He was but one of the you, best players I watched. So. Did you get the chance to watch the game, E? I could not. I was in meetings all day. Could not sneak away to watch uh, anything. So uh, I'm kind of. I was kind of watching the highlights earlier, but I didn't get the room. So, um, but I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I, I would have. You know, it would have been great to see. Uh, I see he Lewandowski got a couple chances though. Um, he got saved by Noor. I'm watching the highlight right now as we speak. So, but yeah, uh, it'd have been great to see him score, like Marcus said, because it would have created some good drama. Uh, especially hearing the reports about how he uh, how he really was there, and he was really so motivated by like goals and himself, and you know didn't do a lot with the team. He did, did a, you know, so it'd be great to see some some hey, action hey, him. We can't let Marcus Alonso off the line. I just forgot about that. Um, Ooh, yeah, Alonso. yeah, yeah. You're mid. You're mm. mid. You left yeah. Chelsea, and you're still mid, my boy. <laughs> I told that is the dude, bad recruitment, man. That's bad. I do want to. I have to say this. When I was in London, I told the guy at Chelsea, the the guy that did the tour. I said, "Hey, bro, Marcus Alonso's fucking trash." <laughs> I stand on that. Damn. <laughs> yeah, he's good at going forward, but yep. defensive work, he's not good. And that's the thing with Barcelona, as great as they did in the transfer window with their attack and midfield signings. Their backline signings were dodgy. I understand mm-hmm. Christensen was for free, but he's geeked. Uh, Marco Alonso, he's geeked. He's old. Uh, Jules Kounde, he is good at passing, building up play from the back. But if you're asking him to play right back, it's barbecue chicken. Arizal, it was their best defender, and he was getting blended like. The midfield three was Pedri, Gavi, Busquets. They were getting overran all game. And the front three, Louis, he had chances, didn't capitalize. Rafinha had chances, didn't capitalize. And Dembele was making the good runs and passes, but no end product. So that's the thing. And now what I'll tell you, Marcus, you know why Sadio Mane is struggling? Because... Let's hear it. Yeah, you know why he's struggling? Because he's not a technical footballer. He is what Mm. I would stereotypically call back in the days as an insult, but it's not his fault. But he is a guy that I would call, you know, a work rate baller, quote unquote, bush football, you know, that is what. Wow, you calling him a hendo? No, no, that's the difference. See? Bush football is referring to people that come from smaller developing nations that don't get the technical training of European football. Now, in Mane's case, you already see the difference between him and the other kids at Bayern. Like, look, Sadio Mane is one of the most technical. I mean, Leroy Sané is one of the most technical players in the world. Musiala is technical. Coleman is technical. That's the difference. All the other black boys had by Matthias Tell, the young kid, he's technical. 
that's where Mane struggles because they do quick one touch move, one touch move. He's oh, I gotta collect the ball. Hold on, and yeah, he don't he he doesn't have the first touch, the reaction time. Him and Muller, Muller is another one. Like you can tell, like these young guys, the speed that they're playing at, it's taking Muller a while to figure it out because, like you said, him and Mane were switching through the nine, trying to have a flexible front four because they play mostly a four, two, three, one. So they try to have a flexible front four and that was confusing Barcelona, but yeah, Mane, yeah. Cause that's the thing. As soon as he gets subbed up, you know, who came on for him? Serge Nabry, another technical brother. They have too many weapons. Did you, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you see when Mane messed, geeked up the shot when they ran into the player, when he ran into his own player that I kind of, that was like, I was like, yeah, he just don't know. Yeah, I just he, saw that Marcus. He just, he just floating. He was just floating. <laughs> like that, that didn't make sense. Because like, sometimes I be standing there on the field, he doing a one touch pass and he never gets the ball back. So yeah. and everybody else is making runs and making shots. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I think he'll figure it out, but yeah, it's tough. I mean, he's 30. It's only so much technical work you can <laughs> work on right now but improve yeah but I think he'll figure it out I like their team though but it's interesting I don't know if you guys watched their match this weekend but Bayern drew 2-2 and they've had three straight draws in the Bundesliga so Germany has figured them out tactically but in the Champions League they're still having their way did you get a chance to watch them this weekend any of y'all I did not this weekend. Uh, not them specifically, no. Yes, sir. I watched them boys. Them boys is looking geeks. Like I said earlier, <laughs> they out here not in the premium players and thinking you're going to get a dub. Like, how you said, like, these teams are really coming for your neck, bro. Like, they're not – like, and I think that's what it is. They pressing them, and they can't – like. Who is his name? Obakam, yeah, or whatever his name is. Oh, Upper He the defender, yeah. Yeah, he looks. He played well today. He played well today. Yeah, because he has time on the ball and he can make those little geek little passes that that are really trash. But but like <laughs> when he rolls against the teams in the Bundesliga, they are on them strikers are on his ass and they are winning the balls and the free kicks like those corners. They getting, they losing though. The second balls, I've never seen that that like that, and that happened both weeks. They they drew like it's like a second. It's like that header come in, and then that second ball, somebody doing getting that goal off. Yeah, they need um, Leon Goretzka still working his way back from injury. So in the meantime, Sabitzer's been starting. You can see why they wanted uh, Keimer from Leipzig. They need another option. I think Ryan Kravenberch, the young kid that they got from Ajax. Oh, man. This window, uh, this summer window, I think he should get more run with uh, Kimmich. But I understand he's a young player. He's still developing. So they want Sabitzer to be more of like the box to box while Kimmich can roam. But, yeah, Kravenberch is the one, though. They need to play him more. Have you seen him play before? Oh, that's my boy. You know, like Brian I say, Ajax, Ajax, say. Oh, yeah. Mohamed Kudus, they got Brian Broby. Ghana's yeah. over there, so I'll be watching them. Oh, yeah, yeah. That Brian Gravenberch is that, and that's probably why you, when you mentioned earlier about uh, Ajax not having any creativity, 
they're missing somebody like him. Um, he yep. is a phenomenal young player. He's I'm not gonna say I'm gonna put him up there with uh um uh Bellingham. Uh he he's 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 phenomenal, he's really good. So anyway, and he and he runs his ass off too. So so that dude, uh I would say that dude. Nah, that's Tatum. not far, that's not even far off. He, I would say you don't think so. It it is fair to compare him to Jude Bellingham okay. because he has 10 caps for the Dutch national team. Bellingham has yeah. 15 caps for England. So yeah, they both got double digit caps. Uh Bellingham is 19, Graven Birch is 20. So yeah, it is fair to compare them. Yeah. I guess I was looking at price wise how they how they price these guys, but but no, Ryan Gravenberg. Well, yeah, you already know you already know why why the price is because yeah. you know one is British and one isn't. You know, but when um, <laughs> playing, that yeah. would that would take a uh, Moose Skyler out the squad, wouldn't it? In that midfield, right? I think it's going to take Sabitzer out. Oh yeah, he needs to go out. I'm sorry, he doesn't, he doesn't I heard really he, have a position either. Yeah, I heard he's not. You know, I heard he's had good good times with the team, but I've also heard he struggles sometimes. You know, um, so yeah, it, I think it's gonna take his spot. Yeah, so I will say also about that game, the lick. He looked in mid. He gave up that mm-hmm. uh, penalty. I laughed at that. Um, what's up with all these uh, Byron boys with these arm casts? I, I got a question. What's going on with that? Uh, the lick, Gnabry. <laughs> Both of them got the arm cast. Is they trying to go find the Benzema Jr.? Yeah, that's what it looks like. I don't know. (laughs) Everybody can hit with the Juju now, huh? Yeah, man, it's World Cup. You know, everybody's got to switch it up. Trying to get their magic potions ready because, hey, the biggest tournament (laughs) in the world is coming up in a couple months. (laughs) No doubt. No doubt. All right, now, while Bayern might be struggling in the league and balling in the Champions League, this Raymond League champion is balling domestically and across Europe, and that's <laughs> Los Blancos, Real Madrid. Now, right now, Jamar is going to give us some insight on how they're doing, their upcoming matches, and their current situation with the club. Hey, it's Jamar. La Liga correspondent for Champagne Soccer. Coming to fill y'all in on what's been going on over the past couple weeks in La Liga. Uh, Real Madrid remains unbeaten. The only unbeaten team in the top five Europe uh, leagues. Not only unbeaten, we have won every single game that we have played so far this season. Um, It feels good. We look good. Um, And... It's not really too much to add on from the last time. I mean, the team looks real together. The team looks unified. Asensio was a little mad he didn't get in the last game. But I think, you know, it's something small. You know, players don't like when they don't play, especially when they feel they should. I felt like he should get some more PT as well, being as though um, we have an injury going on. But to focus on the game right now, it, it was a good game. The the youngsters are improving. Um, Hazard is getting some uh, burn because of, uh, again, the injury. He seems to be playing well. He just hasn't scored much, really. And uh, he seems to not have quite the pace he used to because of the multiple injuries to his legs. But he still plays well. He's in the right positions. He just hasn't scored on it yet. But he does play well with some of the... Um, the youngsters in there and our youngsters continue to improve. Vinicius, Rodrigo, Valverde, uh, AT, 
He's uh, gelled in really well. Valverde, he's improved, which is why I think um, we're a better team this season. Um, the youngsters' improvement has shown that we kind of don't need Benzema like we have in the past. Um, I think this we need this run without Benzema actually to show that we don't need him um, as much as we used to in the past. We, they have gotten more confidence after the CL win. They have more cohesion. Um, their link-up play is a lot better, especially amongst each other. Um, they feed off each other better. Just seems like everything is together in Real Madrid and everything is a cohesive unit there. It doesn't seem anything is astray, so that's really good. Um, <clears throat> and going on to the news with Benzema, I mean, he has hurt, but it doesn't even seem like it's too bad because there's speculation he may play uh, this weekend in a derby if there's no risk of re-injury so that's good news but honestly wouldn't mind if he relaxed for another week just so everybody else can get more play get a little bit more used to playing without him and carry a little bit more weight on their shoulders because I think it'll make our team better in the long run in the big matches in the future um, and as far as La Liga as a whole going down to the rest of the league I mean I don't see too many teams challenging Real Madrid this year. At least right now, we're still kind of early in the season, but right now I really don't see too many teams being able to challenge us over the long stretch of a season. There may be some spurts here and there, but I don't think over the longevity, no team will be able to really compete. Maybe Barcelona, um, they looking like they're coming on strong. I think they won their last four games um, and they're scoring a lot of goals too, which is, always spooky when a team can score a lot you know they got Lewandowski but again I want to see them face a little bit of adversity I want to see what happens when they're not scoring or things don't go well for a couple games you know that's how you can really test the team and see what they're really made of so it's kind of early but Barcelona may be the only team that really uh, test us truly um, Real Betis is actually playing quite well too. They was actually undefeated a few weeks ago with Arsenal and Real Madrid. There's two La Liga teams that were undefeated, but they ended up going up against us and we had to get them up out the way, you know, but they have been looking good. I cannot uh, fake on that. They played well against us, especially in the first half, had me a little spooked, but I think they had a couple injuries as well on top of that. But they did, did play well, but they just ended up going up against us. Um, but then I think they won their next, their next game, so, I mean, those are really the only other teams to really worry about. I mean, you can throw Villarreal in there. They're pretty good, but they're no, you know, test to the, to the league of throne. You know, they may make some noise in Europa League and things like that, but nothing for La Liga. And um, as far as the Derby coming up as well this weekend, I'm really not spooked. I mean, Atletico hasn't been even looking the same that they were last year. They look worse than they did last year, to be honest with you. Seems like they don't have that same fight in them, you know. And this is a league now where you gotta be able to score goals. You can't really do the score goal and then hold. I don't think his defense is as strong as it used to be. Um, so I, I don't know, Atletico really doesn't bother me too much. I'm really not scared of the Derby. Worst case scenario, I think it will end in a tie. Um, but I think wholeheartedly Real Madrid should win that. Uh, not saying we should blow them out or anything, but it's, you know, I can see a 3-1-2-1, 1-0 type of victory, you know, or either like a 1-1.
maybe a 2-2, but I can't see Atletico really scoring like that. But we'll see. It's a derby. Stranger things could happen, but you know. But that's uh, all there is for La Liga right now. Thanks, Jamar. Now, fellas, how do y'all feel about Real Madrid so far? Um, I don't know if y'all got the chance to watch them this weekend against Mallorca, but they won 4-1. Um, during the last week, during their first Champions League group stage match, Karim Benzema had to be taken off in the first 30 minutes due to what they're saying might be a groin injury, muscle injury related. Now, how do y'all feel about Real Madrid? It seems like even with the upcoming Ballon d'Or winner, they still have no issues, man. They look unstoppable. Hey, Vinny, Vinny, Vinny. That man looked like he's about to take this time and put and go ahead and show out, man. For sure. He's like, doing his thing. He needs to. If he can stay healthy, I, I, I feel like I'm not gonna say he know he gonna get no balance door, but he might could like lead the league while the what is it? Maybe they're saying like six weeks that uh Benzema could be out. Yeah, and they're saying be, that he's yo. not he's not even gonna go to um to, to the national team. So, I mean, if he take this on his shoulder, him and Rodri, hey, hey, it, it, they might be a force out there. But I need you to come to Liverpool, bro. Mm, speaking of him, huh? Yeah, that goalie scored over the weekend. Uh, but, yeah, I think, they, yeah, they're, they're, they're a great team. They have a lot of good young talent. I mean, they look what they just picked up. Their midfield is going to be solid. I think for the next 10 years, if they keep those guys there. Um, so, uh, and I like their attacking players, you know, Marcus, Hint, you know, talked about it, you know, Vinny Jr. is doing his thing and, and uh, uh, you know, they got Rodrigo up there as well. Um, I, I think they're going to be perfectly fine as, also. They may have to adapt to, you know, maybe a false nine or something like that. Um, but I think they'll be just perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Marcus. You see the difference also when you got Rudiger at the center back and now Thank right you. Back. Like the it's way more solid. Like I said in the Remember we talked about that. And and what's his name? Ancelotti talking about he wanted to he wanted to keep uh uh Alaba and uh and um Mendy together. Uh so he did or something like that. He, he so it was it Mendy, I think. Yeah. So I don't know. No, Militao, Militao, that's what it was. It was uh it was uh, Militao and uh, uh, Alba. That's what he wanted to keep together. Yeah, well, I think uh, Jamar mentioned that he feels like this Benzema injury was, you know, necessary, so to speak, to help the team figure out how to resolve issues without their best player. And I agree with them. Um, we saw during the game, it was a struggle in the beginning. Hazard started at the striker position uh, before the match. Ancelotti stated how he would not be changing the format, the formation. They've been playing mostly a 4-3-3. They stayed to that. And he said, yeah, we're not going to change roles. So Hazard's not going to play false nine. You got to play as a striker. And he struggled. That's not his game. And you can tell when he was subbed off and they put in Luka Modric, and they moved the formation around a little bit. 
Another guy that's going to be key, and he scored this weekend a beautiful goal, Rodrigo. He is one guy that last year was their super sub, and now he is developing. You can see that he's getting more confidence taking players on. He makes intelligent runs. I feel like they should play Rodrigo as the striker. And then Valverde on the His right. And, was good. And Vinicius on the left. Yeah, like, and of course, the young brothers, uh, Kamavinga to Shemeni. Uh, of course, Cruz was starting at DM uh, the last game. So I like what they're doing. They have numbers. Uh, right back is still, you know, <laughs> what's my man? Uh, Vasquez and Carvajal. They be uh, a little tricky because Carvajal is great, but he's hurt all the time. Mendy's yeah. starting to get more form at the left that uh left back, but hey, their team is balling on all cylinders. And hey, you're right, they were saying it might be six week, six weeks, but there's rumors that he might also play in the Madrid Derby on Sunday. Who knows, man? It's crazy. <laughs> what did you he got this year, man? <laughs> I don't know, but I think they looked at the schedule and said, hey, we might need him for this Madrid Derby because Madrid, Atletico, yeah, they lost 2-0 today to Bayer Leverkusen, but hey, a Derby, anything is possible. Oh, man. But um, let's segue real quick into, you know, one of our favorite segments. This is what it's all about, Champagne Goal of the Week. Now, Ephraim, why don't you set it off, man? What was your Champagne Goal of the Week? My champagne goal of the week was from uh, uh, Federico uh, Valverde from Real Madrid, who we just talked about. Wow, stole my. Oh, come on now. You know, I, I mentioned that in the chat this weekend, so I think I did. Anyway, yeah, you but, did. Um, not, not saying I'm stealing your thunder, though, Marcus, but it was an amazing goal. I mean, look where he ran from. He ran from his uh, his defensive third all the way to the uh, all the way up into the uh, the uh, attacking third. And scored a, scored an amazing goal, so uh, and took it on himself. So I mean, absolutely, that's the goal of the week for me. For sure, Marcus. How about you, man? Uh, I was robbed of my goal, so I, I, I yeah, give me a second. You go. <laughs> well, Valverde, I would say he was the goal of the weekend, but my goal of the week was today, man. Mohamed Kudus. Left side of the 18 yard box, the power, the pace, the accuracy, the rocket to launch that chopper. The man, the vibration of the goalpost when that joint went in, it was nothing any goalie could do to stop that. Allison couldn't even move because he was like, Hey, what's the use? That was a banger. And after the goal, after the game. Klopp said, hey, man, it was a fabulous strike, and I already know he's looking at him. He's scouting him. He wants him. A lot of people want him now. Kudos, Everton tried to buy you before the window. Hopefully you have a great World Cup because I see your future, my brother, because, yay, he is the face of Ghana football right now, and his future is Real Madrid, Barcelona level. So I want the best form. That's my champagne goal of the week. Mohamed Kudus fulfilling the prophecy as the next golden child of Ghana football. Since you want to rob me, it's okay. I'm going to go with the Don, young Pablo, the baller, that goal that he had 
against uh what is it Impa Impala? Yeah, Impoli. Yeah, that was a nice goal. Impoli. Yeah. Okay. That was nice. Okay. Yeah, that was a nice goal. For sure. Now, hey, before we go into Marcus's MLS minute, there's some people that are upset with us because last week it was nasty. Uh, I don't know how we ignored it, but we didn't talk about the Milan Derby. And that was a great match. 3-2, AC Milan won. Rafael Leal had a brace. People are saying, hey, before the season, y'all was saying y'all was going to talk about Serie A. What happened? <laughs> Did y'all watch any Serie A this weekend? Yeah, yeah. I watched I watched Milan this week. It was a nasty game, okay? Out here barely scraping that win from yeah, Salvadori. Needed that red Theoria. card fast. Bruh, what is up with Leo, bruh? Out here trying to do the 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 high, <laughs> the high <laughs> Yeah, that was wild. I checked out um Roma's match. Because I like how they were playing them. I watched the Empoli match. There was also a red car that, you know, helped Roma score. Yeah, Syria, there was a lot of one nils this weekend. It's interesting. Right now, um, there's a three team, three teams tied for first place, Napoli, Atalanta, and Milan. Udinese and Roma got 13. Oh, you watched Udinese play? No, no, I watched Napoli. Um... Oh, yeah, yeah. Bro, I'm so I'm gonna say this once. And, yeah, um, one nil against Spietza. Remember, I was telling you. Yeah, I, was, I watched that too. Remember, I was telling you I was checking out that game to see Emmanuel Jesse. Yeah, he mm-hmm. didn't. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he got a. He got a. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> yeah, he got he got a yellow card, and then yeah, that was about it. And then also, <laughs> uh, Ethan Ampadu is there too. He should be playing for Ghana, but he plays for Wales instead. But uh, go ahead, man. <laughs> I, I will go ahead and say, um, bro, uh, Napoli, I cannot look at y'all games after I guess y'all play um, Liverpool in the Champions League, bro. The chalk riding <laughs> for the whole game. Oh, the performance against Liverpool, the goals, the goals. And then we got one goal, bro. All those shots to get one goal. Yeah, I've watched it. Was, I watched it too, Marcus. You're right. It was it was definitely a snoozer. <laughs> that game was geek. Yeah, I don't I know, actually yeah. turned it off. Actually, yeah. Sorry, man. <laughs> I was actually stopped watching before they scored the goal. So, uh, that's hilarious. Now let's brighten it up with some finer things in life. You know, before we go to everybody's favorite segment. Who did y'all have in the club this weekend? Who were y'all in the club all stars? For me, if y'all if y'all don't mind, I can set it off and give y'all more time to think about it. Um, my in the club all stars were the Real Madrid kids: Rodrigo, Vinicius, Valverde, Tushimeni, Camavinga. They popped the big bottle this weekend. They like, hey man. No Benzema, no problem. 4-1. Let's get the good stuff for everybody. Everybody's balling. Hey, and then you know who else was at the side table looking at them, being a chaperone? Luka Modric. He, he was making sure they didn't have too much fun because they got Champions League on the weekend. So <laughs> I'm going to give it to them because, hey, that game was crazy. Like, it started, it was 
it was a game that I thought could go either way. I thought it could be a draw, but Ancelotti made the right subs and turned everything around. And they're the only team that is still 100% perfect. No draws, no losses in the top five leagues. So they, you know, they're in the club. But uh, Ephraim, who'd you have in the club this weekend? Um, so since I didn't watch a ton of soccer, I didn't only really checked out two games this weekend. Uh, I, I can't make it up, but I was literally going to say the same thing that you said. I was going to really just say the whole team because that's really the only game I paid attention to. So, um, yeah, I, Real Madrid as, as a whole, they're, you know, they're balling right now. So it's hard to not recognize the talent that they have and like I said before that I think they're going to be pretty solid at least in the midfield and probably that front three uh for a little bit um so you know yeah I I can't help but give it up to them Marcus who was in the club this weekend man hey man I would say that uh like how y'all said mine would have been Vinny I would have been popping because he had the whole energy after that that seventy after his goal around at seventy fourth seventy fifth minute he he was lit the whole game. Yeah. But since I will you know I was using my passport I'm gonna go with Beto at Uday. <laughs> yeah. 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 We I I I, I can, he gonna be the bodyguard because he, he he doesn't care he's gonna make the run and he's gonna get that goal for me so yeah I'm putting Beto in the club with me. Nice. Nice. Now. Hey, it's time for everybody's favorite segment, man. Marcus's MLS Minute. I know the regular season is coming to a close, so get us hit, man. What's going on in America's League? First off, DC United is officially eliminated from the playoffs again. Yeah, I just wanted uh, all my DC United fans to know that. Um, <laughs> yeah. All, all <laughs> three, like little, yeah, it seems like a little low blow right there. Yeah, I got I got a couple of DC United fans out there, man. I gotta let them know. Um, this week again, we got the uh, like how you said we it's winding down. Most teams got four or five games left. It's really getting tight in the playoffs. Hey, ATL United, we still alive, just barely. Um, but this week we got our power rankings. Let's pop it off. Number one, Philly. Philly still doing their thing. Hey, got a 5-1 victory over Orlando. Orlando uh was actually, we got a bigger story. Let me cut out come. Let's get a little pause real quick. Uh Dan. Did you know that there has been a Spygate in the MLS? Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, so yeah, I'm putting y'all on a little game. Uh, Orlando City was uh, accused of Spygate. Uh, I got to look at the details, see if it's been confirmed yet. Uh, they were a part of the U.S. Open. You know, that's like a little cup in the MLS, uh, you know, similar to the Caribou. Uh, so you know they they had uh it was hosted in Orlando. The turn the final was hosted in Orlando. The opposite team were uh were were actually uh needed them to accommodate them with a the practice field. 
and Orlando promised them a field, then they did not uh give them a field. And supposedly they're saying that they uh supposedly they got some of that footage and they knew already them tactics coming into the games. So next week we're gonna come. We, I'm gonna confirm them details with y'all. But uh, let's after that hey, little pause, we're gonna go man. back into them power rankings. <laughs> that's crazy, I'm looking man. up a report right now. <laughs> I'm trying to find out what's going on with this. This is interesting. Yeah, man. So power rankings number two, Montreal. Shout out to those guys. They finally went on and clinched their playoff spot. They got a draw this week. Uh, with a two-two. So they got that they got in the postseason for the first time in club history. Also scored 67 goals. I mean, no, got 67 points. So I think no, I have to double check that. Uh give me a moment. But yeah, those guys went on and clinched their playoff spot. They have 56 points. So yeah, that's a record dish. So it was pretty pretty funny. We had a a, a goal from Victor Wamiana. Any uh MLS, I mean uh, EPL guys, they should know that guy from uh, his brief history with Spurs. Yeah, in Southampton. Yeah, being a mid player in the midfield. Um, hey, he wasn't that thing. bad, man. He used to be all right. I don't know what happened to him though. I think injuries took him out. But he got washed really quick. It was like one of those like I'm good, decent. I could be some, and then I'm out of here. Well, you know, those type of players, you know, that might be uh, someone lying on the birth certificate, you know. So we thought, oh, he had so much potential, but that might have been the end of his prime, you know, looking at the documentation. <laughs> yeah, I mean. You, know? you saying, say, he's like 40 years old now? Hey, it's possible. Yeah, he uh, should be a – Just let's just call him Ephraim a player's coach. <laughs> yeah man that's what he should have been doing okay man. okay <laughs> it says so, hey hey Ephraim if you don't mind me asking can you please say your age sir I'm 41 and if you saw Ephraim you would never know it the reason why I asked you that sir is because Marcus and I are 31 and Victor Wanyama is supposed to be 31. Does he look like our classmate? What? Uh, yeah, he's supposed to be our classmate. He's our classmate. Oh, oh man. wow. Why are you in the MLS, sir? Yeah. You should still be in the EPL. That's what I'm saying. That's why it might be birth certificate. He might, he might be 39. And you know, I don't know, man. It's weird. Oh. Oh wow, that's that's he he looks kind of rough. I give you that. So to finish up the uh, <laughs> so to finish up the uh, power ranking, we got number three LAFC. They they out here losing, man. They, it it it's like they got their playoff spot and they kind of just phoning it in. Um, what is it? Number four, we got. I mean, number and number five, we got FC Dallas. J uh Jesus Ferreira, two goals. He almost. He almost got the goal of the week for the MLS, but now you already know we got the ML, uh the MVP watch. And uh, be honest with you, it, 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 this this kind of wraps up this week. Mikatar for Nashville pretty much got that got that award sold up. He got another goal this week off the penalty, but he's still racking them up. And Nashville's making the playoffs, so I think he's gonna go ahead and get it this year. Hey, I got a stat of the week for y'all, man. Uh, MLS stat of the week because our boy Chicharito missed another goal for LA Galaxy. It wasn't ah, a Palenka man. this time. Okay, good. Oof. 
but he was stressing. He didn't even want to take the goal. I'm going to have to drop the footage on uh, in the chat. But, yeah, he was stressing this week. Uh, the stat of the week is the worst rate on PKs in the last three seasons of the MLS. I'm going to give you all the top three. Number one, Carlos Vela, 40%, two for five. Chicharito, 44%, four for nine. Nine, 57%. Four for seven. And these supposed to be elite strikers. We 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 cannot leave without the goal of the week. My, my guy, Poporita for Atlanta United had well my first ever time seeing this, a defender having a hat trick off of free kicks. Pretty amazing, man. That's what I'm gonna go ahead and go with the goal of the week for the MLS. And we out. Thank you, Marcus. And I was doing some research because, you know, I had to figure this out. I didn't want to put these allegations on Victor Wanyama because, you know, I am a child of Africans. My family's from Ghana. So, you know, that is a stereotype that, hey, people lie on their paperwork. All I'm going to say is Victor Wanyama has a brother, right? Named McDonald. I don't know how he got that. But he is 35 and he's retired. And he retired from football in 2019. And his little brother's 31, still playing. Little brother? Little yeah. brother? No, no. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Someone's <laughs> under surveillance. Let me look. Did McDonald have injury history? Why'd you retire all of a sudden? I don't see any injury history over here. So I don't know, he man. This is real birth certificate. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, see, they got, whoa, see, they got one brother, Noah. He's a left winger for um a team in the Kenya AFC Leopards. And then they have two other brothers, Thomas and Sylvester. They play in the Kenyan Premier League. The Ghanaian, I say Kenyan. I'm stuttering. The Kenyan Premier League. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to learn too much at once. Yeah, I just see some dodgy stuff. I don't know, Victor. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, hey, man, before we go, let's talk about Todd Bowley because, you know, he has some new ideas to try to make the Premier League more exciting. Can you break us – can you break it down for us, Ephraim? Uh, what is he trying to do, man? So, yeah, reports – I guess he's up at some kind of leadership – thing uh talking about uh wanting to have a a uh, north south all-star game in the premier league now it's not just that he was talking about he was talking about other ways for the premier league to make money like a tournament in the bottom part of the league on the bottom table uh part of the standings in the league the table of the league uh to not get relegated um so he's talking about all types of different stuff but he brought up these this all-star game uh and yeah a lot of uh uh, it, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of interesting to to see that. Um, I, I don't know that it's something that uh, people in England are going to be excited about, uh, seeing that they never had anything like that before. Um, I get it from an American standpoint. We're we're saturated with All Star games in every league that we have, uh, some sort of one. So I, you know, from that aspect, I get it. I think if that if something like what that was to adapt in the Premier League, I think it'd have to be. 
you know, the fans would have to be considered, uh, you know, I get the money making part of it, but, you know, fans have a lot of uh, sway uh, in the Premier League, as we saw when it came to that Super League uh, proposal. So, Do you want to see an all-star game, Marcus? Hey, man, I must do the same thing that Klopp did. He doesn't wait. He he came in instantly trying to press that American stuff on the on the <laughs> UK, huh? Yeah. We don't want that. And like mm-hmm. Jurgen said, when is that gonna when are they gonna play that? They got Champions League, they got Premier League, they got World Cup. When are they gonna play that? They got other cups. When are they gonna play that, bro? Like make it make sense. And then like how you say, they these dudes only what they only got almost a month now of vacation. Then they right back to it. Yeah. No, I'm good. More chance for my guys to get hurt. Yeah, hey, real quick, Danny and and Marcus, he, he he said something along the lines of that he hopes that the Premier League takes a little bit of, of a lesson from the American sports. So he's already coming in there with that mentality of 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 bringing you know a lot of this Americanism uh, when it comes to the sports to to the Premier League and you know that's pretty sudden that's pretty bold too to to bring something like that to something that's been established for such a long time in in another uh, country well they bring in these owners because they do want the american idea they know that american leagues most notably the nfl is the most proper the most profitable sports league in the world so they want answers to that they want to figure it out that's why he made the point about mlb he said it. We made two hundred million from a Monday and a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, saw that's that, what he's yeah. talking about. Yeah, he's like, yeah, from the All Star game, we made two hundred million dollars. Imagine what a PL All Star game would be worth. So that's what it's about because that is what those owners want. Why do you think those owners chose to go in the Super League? Why? Because they want an American form of a league in Europe. They don't want relegation. they don't want to split up money they don't want UEFA controlling the money they want to control the money because in the NFL who controls the money the teams the teams are the league but in UEFA they are the league they're the board you don't have final say they're the ones that negotiate with TV uh, companies for their Champions League Europa League Conference League rights and then they give you what they negotiate so that's why there's been a conflict but you guys are right i don't mean as a kid i used to love watching the baseball star game basketball star game the pro bowl but yeah i'm an I'm, as an adult i don't care like one thing that used to make it cool too was like the all-star weekend competitions you could do something yeah. similar in soccer and like so watch- Watching like so the, the charity cut in, games. Dan, yeah, go ahead. The cut in, I would say, if he wants to do something like American, the MLS All Star has skill challenges, just like the NBA. Like they have like the shooting from, like hitting the crossbar challenge, like those, like uh, what is that? And it's like similar to the NBA when they do the um, uh, they do whoever city it is. Like that that type of thing where they use a team and then like the goalkeeper got to be a part of it as well. So if they trying to do that, yeah, they could probably make hella money. Because think about it, Jersey sales mm-hmm. alone, 
just for a Premier League All Star jersey, that would. And I think to to further your point, Marcus, I think if they did a game, I think they would have to do something like maybe you know uh, the NFL's um, uh, Pro Bowl uh, and have certain rules about like not certain kind of tackling or you know you can't you know I don't know certain substitutions or like maybe you have to substitute a whole. Uh, team at the half or something like that. I'm, I'm just thinking about like injuries and, and, and the stress on those players for, for playing so long during the season. The Premier League's a long season, as, as you guys talked about before. And, and you know, these teams who play up to 60 games a year. Uh, and, and so that's a lot. But, you know, to if you're going to talk about monetizing this, then yeah, yeah, there's ways to do it for sure. No doubt about it. Yeah, well, we'll see how they figure it out, but I don't know because the teams aren't going to be willing. Well, I'm not going to say the teams aren't going to be willing because they know they'll get a cut of the money. It's all about the players. So right now it would be like, where do you figure it out? Where do you play? There is no winter break, even in England. Now you want to add more stuff. You have two domestic cup tournaments now you want to add an all-star game. So that's where the issue is for real. I understand it wouldn't make money, but hey, they it could be something fun to see because especially in soccer, they are known for having the best charity games on the week uh during the summer, especially the South American players. They love the ball in these charity games. In Europe, too, they'll have like Oh, the FIFA 11 All-Stars versus the Real Madrid legends. So there is a lot of creative ways to do it, but too bad they don't give the players enough time to rest because that is, the irony is that they would make an All-Star weekend to supplement a winter break. Like, oh, yeah, we'll give you a winter break now. But right before that winter break, play this All-Star game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I can see so. that. Yeah. We, so, yeah. we, we got smoked in a charity game by uh Real Madrid legends recently. Oh, word. <laughs> yeah, Jamie Carragher was out there looking pretty mean. Uh, well, <laughs> looks similar to his playing career. <laughs> Ooh, man. Damn. Hey, man, but y'all got this any last words? Uh, I mean, go ahead, <laughs> man. Y'all got any last words before we get out of here? Do y'all have something that you guys are looking forward to seeing during the week or this weekend when it comes to the world of soccer? Selfishly, yeah, just my my boys united to kind of bounce back from that. Not, I wouldn't say embarrassing loss because it wasn't, but un- unfortunate loss to Sociedad last week. So to see what they can do uh, on Thursday. Yeah, that was kind of embarrassing, not for uh, you, but it was for some United fans out there that were talking about he has to adjust to the Premier League like it was in a Europa League match, asking Casemiro, <laughs> trying to make excuses for Casemiro being lost on the pitch. Oh, I said doing, Fred, oh my doing, God, ju- uh, doing Jorginho passes, passing to the other <laughs> people on the other team. It was yeah. bad. They both look bad. You're absolutely right. Yeah, but uh, Marcus, you got anything you want to see this weekend? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm checking out Glad back. I'm trying to look and see if Bayern can uh bounce back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna see if, if Barca can bounce back as well. And um, 
I guess we're gonna have to suffer and watch Man City. I mean, because <laughs> they don't respect the Queen. Like oh, Chelsea, like our London boys, like the London boys, Chelsea, respect to my blues, you know, calling out the game, you know. It's not them calling us get out more the healthy. game. It's the it's the UK government, the government. because yeah. because the funerals in London, they don't want nothing hot happening in London. That's they all don't have is. security. Yeah, they don't have security. Yeah. For certain games. So Everybody's they, they too busy defending flowers and stuff. Nonsense. Yeah, but but, hey. but but I'm checking out a lot of MLS, a lot of a lot of what's called the play is full. Saturday, Sunday, we're gonna we're gonna be watching a lot of soccer and a lot of regular American football. So yeah, yeah, we'll be ready next week. Yeah, for sure. And uh, hopefully Anthony will feel better and be able to join us the whole episode. But uh, for me. I'm looking forward to the Madrid Derby, Real Atletico. Before this season, I was willing to say La Liga is the best league in the world because they are the most competitive when everybody goes against each other in the continental competition. So I'd like to see the reigning La Liga and European champions go to the other side of town and play their ops Atletico who love nothing more to just sit back and wait. And especially with no Benzema, I'd like to see how Ancelotti and the squad tries to break down this Atletico team. They're not as stout as they used to be, but they can still give teams headaches. So that's going to be fun to see for sure. Will Griezmann play more than 20 minutes? Uh, you know he's not. Today he came yeah. on 60 minutes. That contract is going to be something we can talk about it some more next week, after, especially after this derby. Now, if he don't come on and they're struggling, then, yeah, Simeone, he's under surveillance and Barcelona will be right to sue Atletico Madrid. <laughs> Facts. Uh, man, but, hey, champagne soccer, we out. I hope y'all had fun. The Premier League. Made a lot of people feel lost, but it's coming back this weekend. Don't worry, guys. In the meantime, stay blessed. We out.